Hello. Welcome everybody to Cosmic Dust. This is a very special episode. I got two great guests here, uh, Chess and Patrick, along with my co-host Susie. Uh, why don't you guys Hello. introduce yourselves a little bit? So I'll go first. Um, I'm Patrick. <laughs> um, I saw Chess just staring at me, so I'm like, I might as well bite the bullet. Um, <laughs> Patrick, I I met Ben through a mutual friend because he managed to get convinced to play D&D with us. That's correct. And that's basically <laughs> what that boils down to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I'm Chess. Um, chaotic good. <laughs> um, old friend of Patrick. Um, new friend of Ben and Susie's. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, we we met through D and D through our, our DM Ryan, great we guy. Shout out to Ryan. <laughs> yeah, and, Hi, Ryan. <laughs> and we've been doing a uh, a uh, lovely lovely campaign uh, this past year. Um, it has actually taken a whole God, year for really us to finish. Yes, yes, it has. Not me though. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean... <laughs> yeah, y- you joined late into the into the campaign, but. Yeah, I interrupted everything, and you guys were lovely and welcomed me. Yes, it was it was a lovely surprise. That was still one of the the craziest turnarounds in, in the campaign. I think was that was a moment reveal. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, today I want to talk about D and D a little bit, our experiences with it, um, where we're going with it in the future. Um, I've already mentioned a couple times on the show that I'm going to be starting a new podcast. Uh, that is solely a campaign that I've devised of myself, um, and it's very exciting and also very scary at the same time. <laughs> so, uh, Patrick, I know you're. I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. I know you're you're creating your own world too. So I wanted to get a little bit of perspective uh, for you as to like how has it been to you know homebrew an entire world basically um well i've talked so i started it after uh i finished up my first campaign which ended a handful of weeks ago um and then when you guys started saying hey yeah let's start building around i'm like you know what i may as well do it now because i'm i've got the time and there are times where i absolutely hate myself for it because (laughs) of all the work i'm doing (laughs) um but I love it at the same time because it's it's getting that uh, energy of just creating this world and its people and its society and things like that. And I love that. I just can tell you, I love the creative things and I love to make stories. And so building a world that I can then put a story inside and have people interact with is amazing. Yeah, um, for sure. There's absolutely some parts that I hate more than others, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that those come with the territory. There's obviously going to be those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that uh, you and I both share the uh, the reluctancy to to write things and sit down and actually just type everything out because for me, it's always been like, oh, this is a great idea, this is a great idea, this is a great idea, and then like I'll sit at my computer and be like uh what was that idea (laughs) for both of you a hundred percent yeah yeah but it um, works i mean 
Patrick, you were always so creative in college, always coming up with, you know, all of these different, so in so many of our conversations, you would be like, oh, this is like a story, and you had all this stuff drawn and written down, and I'm excited to see how it kind of manifests in this way, because I think this medium suits both of you really well as a creative outlet. Oh, absolutely. It's just yeah. the creating, being able to create a world, like I said, and know exactly what it is for you is amazing, because you can make it whatever you want. No one can tell you you're wrong because it's your world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, since all of us are not DMs, we've all been players, though. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about our player experiences in D&D. And uh, Susie, being a D&D player, she has not played in the campaign with us, but she has played in, in campaigns before, and uh, maybe she can give a little uh, perspective on how D&D has, has treated her in the past. Um, I love D&D. D&D is very fun for me. Um, it's, it's really, really big with blind people <laughs> because of how uh, not visual it can be. Um, but I've also been at tables um, full of sighted people who make D&D super about the visuals, which Ian is as a can of worms that I don't really like to get into. Um, and it's why I don't get really play it, D&D with... <laughs> it's why I don't really play D&D with just everyone, you know? like Because it really requires um, DMs to not rely so much on visuals, you know? Like, D&D can be a really, really great experience for blind people because you can rely fully on words and maps and descriptions, or you can rely super, super heavily on pictures and images and stuff. And, like... Whether a table feels welcoming or hostile to blind people really depends on the DM style. So I don't play with just anyone. I play <laughs> with people who know my needs and people who are willing to adjust um, adjust the way they like to play to to my needs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I remember when I was first starting uh, like the creation of my world, you gave me that... Uh, that, um, whatchamacallit, the, the survey for, um, like, what people would want in a campaign and what they don't want, like, in terms of, uh... Oh, yeah, for, you know, triggering stuff. I think, I think role-playing is inherently a really, like, emotionally taxing, um, activity. It can be really fun, but ultimately, like, you are having to pretend that you are this character going through these harrowing things, and depending on, like, your level of empathy and how deep you get into your character, those experiences can be very taxing. So, obviously, when you're trying to put yourself in the shoes of your character and roleplay as if you were that character, having that character go through an experience that you personally wouldn't like to go through can be really not great. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I like when i play with when i play i like for my dms to you know be mindful of things that i that i am like find off limits but i don't think i'm like the only one so i don't want to just talk to a dm one-on-one -on -one. i'll be like hey you know people may not want to talk out and talk about what they don't like in campaigns in the open but if you maybe send them this and they can respond to you you can tailor your campaign without making anyone uncomfortable or without making everyone have to publicly share their trauma yeah that was cool yeah i think normalizing that for like any group experience 
would be really cool if we could just make that like a normal part of life of how <laughs> us all be imagine like us all being accommodating to each other's like needs <laughs> and triggers like? <laughs> and imagine an accommodating world guys like sit for a moment <laughs> let's just like make D D like large scale scale it out yeah absolutely i agree <laughs> <laughs> um i want to talk a little about my my character my first character that I ever made. No. Yes. <laughs> no. I would like to tell you that my mom, so she listens to the podcast, right? Hi, mom. Hey. Hey, she, mom. <laughs> she was like, I was listening to Ben talk about D&D and how he made them spend the whole campaign going back into the woods and looking for stuff. And I thought that was not very nice and I wouldn't like to play with him either. That sounds not good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, mom, you agree with me. <laughs> so yeah. yeah i mean Fupo was a character Fupo was an amazing character and still is he's still alive he's out there doing his thing but yeah he was a gnome cleric um i think a lot of the party didn't even know that he was a cleric but he was a cleric <laughs> <laughs> and uh i think i said this before too but um, his first move in the entire game was him taking a shit into his hand and loading it into his sling and slinging his own feces at a goblin. So, I mean, if that doesn't give you, like... Time out. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> did... Okay, like, time out, pause. Like, did he have to take down his pants to shit? Like, did you... Did you say, <laughs> I take down my pants and shit yes. in my hand? Or were you just like, I shit in my hand? Because, like... No, no, no. It was the second one. Yeah, it's the second one. You sort of used that I shit in my hand. Yeah, this and then I put. Fupa has a, this implies that Fupa has a pants slot in his pants, like assless chaps, so he can always this, shit in his hand. You know, that's true, and no one's ever caught on to that, so I'm gonna make that canon now. <laughs> He's always been wearing assless chaps underneath his robe. The whole time. Please bring that up in the Fupa one shot. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But um I I just I loved him. Like even though I like the first few sessions I was like, yeah, I mean this character is obviously like a joke, but and I don't even know if I'm going to like this, but here I am giving it giving it my all. And you know, playing the chaotic evil character was a lot of fun and I was enjoying it. Um, oh god. And I think that because is you're a what demon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I'm a demon, and now uh, I'm gonna be a DM, so like, I feel like that's a natural route, like you play a chaotic evil character and now you're a DM, it's like, it makes perfect sense, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, but I think Fupa's most uh, iconicness was uh, his love of fire? and his incredible ass so i mean oh i thought you were gonna say his hatred of droop and his hatred of, of the party's goblin droop yeah that's that's for sure <laughs> me <laughs> as a funny story me and patrick his character rondom we actually got into a fight uh because rondom wanted to save uh this little goblin boy named droop and fupa you know being himself was like goblins are evil i'm gonna kill that and I tried to kill it. And then Rhonda was like, no, I don't want you to kill it. <laughs> and we fought. 
<laughs> he almost killed me. <laughs> what did you say? Droop was adopted? Yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is how Droop that's was adopted. That's the story of Droop adopted. Yes. Droop, uh, Rondom found Droop in a, in a room, uh, like passed out and unconscious. Uh, Rondom got knocked unconscious, brought back to life, like brought back, <laughs> beat the living crap out of everything in the room, and said, I'll protect you, little goblin friend. And then Fupa saw him and went, I'm going to kill that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Granted, Fupa was not in the same room, like while Rondom was like down, so he didn't see any of what was going on. Um, but I doubt the outcome would, would be changed at all. I would definitely try and kill Drew regardless, so. <laughs> That's amazing. Sorka does not know that story. Sorka is my character in yeah. this campaign that we're talking about. But that's that's a yeah. good transition for uh, Patrick, if you want to talk about Rondam a little bit. So, Rondam is a dwarf bar- Uh For me, it's been playing for about three years and i've at this point just finished like i said just finished up the first campaign i had done and one thing i've been trying to do every time i play a new campaign is to try a new class so i can get a feel for them all and i went you know what there's a part of me that just wants to play basically a tiny like a tinier creature that just is very upset and angry and i went (laughs) okay dwarf barbarian let's go and i started with that built up rondom and went okay not very smart because I just don't think he would be but he's definitely going to be strong he can hit things like a truck um, and the in terms of Droop like the reason even though this is a pre-written campaign and our backgrounds were not really woven into the story necessarily yeah. I said okay you know what I'm going to have Rondam be a dwarf like he constantly fights to help his tribe survive and one of his kids was killed in some orc attack and he has never really come to terms with that so he's going to adopt Droop as his child and basically say this is my second chance of protecting (laughs) this this small childlike figure and I I know Barbarian's Rage. I don't use it very often. I've given Rondam like certain things that he really has to that really have to happen before he rages and it's been working out so far. Yeah. And yeah. hasn't died yet, thankfully. <laughs> this yeah, is a couple times it's come say, close. <laughs> yeah, Rondam yeah. has done a very good job of protecting Droop. Because Droop has what, nine hit points? I think it's like six. No, it's <laughs> it's more than six. I think it's like eleven. So I can, I can figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I really like how you roleplay Rondom oh, as well. Absolutely. Like when Patrick said, you know, I've given Rondom certain things that he needs to do in Rage Seven. Seven points. <laughs> Susie, um, <laughs> Patrick just held his hands yes. up in Seven. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, no, I, what Rondon does in the campaign, it's not just, like, what's going to be good in battle, but it is consistently, like, very much Very to a T of what his character is like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, I was just going to say, I think role-playing is one of the hardest parts, too, and I think that Chess has done a very good job of, of sort of 
walking that line between role playing and number crunching, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, just you've played this before. This you're like this is your first time, and you, <laughs> you. could you jumped in and went head first into the role playing aspect, and I love that. I know I still Thank struggle you. with it, so. <laughs> What can I say? Just like playing pretend. Oh my god, Ben, you've been interrupted so I'm many still, times. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I've been interrupted so many times. I was, I was just gonna segue into you introducing your character, but you can go ahead and do that. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I like contradiction, and I like things that are somewhat ridiculous. Um, so Sorka is a druid. Patrick's nodding. <laughs> He's like, yes, Chess does like ridiculous things. Um, so Sorka is a druid tiefling that doesn't really understand she's a tiefling. Um, and for people that aren't D&D familiar, it's like a, you know, person with demonic infernal heritage. So they have like horns and in the D&D universe, there's a lot of racism against these people. Anyway, she was raised by a bunch of human druids in the forest, um, is super spacey, is super clueless, um, and is kind of wandering around the world, not really knowing what's happening, um, <laughs> but is pretty much dumb anything. Yeah, for sure. Except yeah. last session where you turned into piranhas and was just like, yeah, I'm going to go into this, this stream. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, should I tell the story of how Sorka got introduced into the party? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, um, well, first of all, I've been begging Ryan and Patrick to teach me D&D forever. So, like, I've always wanted to learn. So, finally, Ryan introduced me to you guys. But when we were planning how we were going to do it, um, Ryan was like, our DM, okay, you're going to be the apprentice of this druid that the party has to meet along their quest. And I don't remember who came up with the idea, but we both came to the conclusion that it would be great if I was in wild shape when that happened, meaning druids can turn into animals, so I was to be in my bear form. And um, essentially, what he told you guys that I wasn't going to be there that yeah. night. Yeah, 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 <laughs> he was, yeah. He was like, sorry, yeah, but before... she can't make it this night. You know, uh, we'll have to start like next week. <laughs> and I felt like an asshole because Rach, I think another person who plays with us, had DM'd me and being like, oh my God, like you should come anyway. Like, even if you're not starting, and I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I'm on the phone the whole time. Like I'm hearing you guys start, you know what I mean? Like I'm listening, I have myself on mute. I'm hearing the whole encounter. And then the bear shows up and you guys are about to attack me. <laughs> and then Ryan's like, hold up. And then he's like, okay, Chess, you can get online now. <laughs> and I yeah. get off invisible and just and hop on and you guys freak the fuck out. Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, I yeah. was like taken aback for sure. I did not expect it. It was it was really it was really funny. Huge I huge kudos to Ryan that. for that uh, introduction. You know, as, as I was as I saw it again by me disappearing from a bear into piranhas without telling you guys what happened. How did Bronson react? How did Drew react? 
Uh, Rondum didn't see it because he knew you were up there, but he didn't know where. And then Droop, uh, depending on how you want to say wild shape works, Droop would have seen just this bear slowly, like, get smaller and smaller and then disappear into the water and probably been very confused. <laughs> I do. Um, Susie is not in our current campaign, but as I said before, she has done campaigns before. Susie, would you like to talk about favorite character that you've done? My favorite character that I've done is one that I actually never got to use uh, because uh, so with my first DM Sam, we were planning on a uh, we were planning on another campaign after we finished the first one. Um, we just never got around to it. It was like slowly delaying and delaying, and he just called us his bad table, and then we just never played it ever again. But oh this character uh, is a halfling wizard named Quinry Brightmoon, uh, and his whole thing is that he has this giant fucking hat like it's a big ass wizard's hat but he's a halfling so it just looks huge on him and it actually belongs to you know his his wizard you know master apprentice guy and his whole thing is he's gonna go find him give him back his hat but the hat's really cool it works as like a bag of holding as well because it's so big it's really tight <laughs> love him i want i wanted to play him so bad uh but just did not come to fruition that character sounds amazing. I know. <laughs> yeah. He really would have been, because he's just like, he's just wholesome. He's like, he's wholesome. I think he would have been probably neutral good, just a little bit, a little bit dumb. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit dumb. Isn't that the best, though? Sorka's definitely not book smart. She's people smart. Like, she's very insightful. But oh, she yeah. is daisy as fuck, has no idea what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, I love the roleplay part. I love the storytelling part. I but, just yeah. think back to like a couple sessions ago where Sorka, uh, what was it? We were in the room with like the dead guy, and you were talking to him like, "Oh hi!" Like I, I made some flowers on your ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like that. Do, do you not like them? <laughs> yeah. And then we got attacked. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. But yeah, for sure. My my newest character, I think intelligence is actually her dump stat, so oh. um <laughs> it, and for people who don't know what DD, uh dump stat is just like your lowest stat, like the stat that your class doesn't really use, so you just don't pay attention to it. Um yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna give a little uh sneak peek of what your you know what? I'll just, gonna be? I'll just I'll, t- I'll tell you this podcast exclusive this cosmic Ooh. dust exclusive my newest character is named Chenmi um she is a monk um and her race is a homebrew race that I found online uh it's called a neko so she's a cat girl she's a cat girl monk <laughs> She's really, she's really not smart. She's very happy to have come out from her cat monastery for the first time. She's really excited, and all she wants is uh, for to find someone who's going to love her forever. That's why she's on her. That's why she's adventuring. She's trying to find her place in the world and someone to love her forever. That is so wholesome. I have a question. Can I ask Susie a question? Can I yeah. um, hijack your podcast? Go for it. <laughs> Amazing. That's what this podcast um, is all about. Do, 
Do, do you want her to find somebody to love? Like, what is your hope for her as a player? What is your hope for your character? Um, my hope for Chenmi is that she she fully gets to experience uh, life. Like I said, she lived in a cat monastery, um, where because the idea behind Nekos is like they're not super they're not treated very well because mm. they like domestic uh, workers and people tend to take advantage of them because Nekos think their whole goal in life is to have like a master, like someone to take care of them forever. Um, so people don't treat them very well. So she was, grew up in this little cat monastery run by this old Neko whose master died and likes to take care of little stray Nekos. Um, so I would just want her to experience life outside of the monastery. Um, Nekos are naturally polyamorous, so I just want her to to get some good Get some good life experience. Some, uh... <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I'm here to fuck milfs, and, um... Maybe at the end, she will find the, the one mommy milf to be hers forever. I love that, that so much. The heart of a life burn <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, oh Susie, I'm stealing that. When people, you know, are asking me what I'm up to, I'm gonna be like, you know, I'm just, you know... I'm looking for life experience. Nothing like serious, just like life experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, uh, I, I, there are a couple of NPCs that might uh, appeal to Chenmi in the new campaign, so hopefully you get what you're looking for. Hope y'all are ready for cat puns. Ben said, ben said I cannot, I cannot make the uh, typical cat girl meow, so I have to actually meow. Uh, look forward to that. <laughs> oh, Patrick. <laughs> I have to do it. I have two cats. Patrick can meow for you. I have a pretty good cat meow. I'm just saying. Let's do it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. Whoa. Okay. That's good. That right. pretty good, yeah. That was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos, um, Patrick. Do you wanna do you wanna give a little sneaky peeky or not will, too much information? I will give a little sneak peek. I, I don't want to give too much because I think Chess. Oh no, wait. I don't remember if I told Chess what it was or if I told her I had changed it. I know a fair bit about your character. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll leave it to Susie then. Susie, do you want to know everything about my character or just a little bit? Just a sneak preview. I don't know. It's it's completely up to you. Um, it's it's like I don't I don't really care either way, either way. I mean, she she did yeah. kind of uh, lay all her cards on the table, so it's. I did. Just, you know, so, okay, like, if you sure. wanted to be podcast exclusive, I won't tell anybody except for everyone who's listening. But. Sure, I'll, I'll do podcast exclusive. So <laughs> I am playing a bard. Um, I had another bard in a different campaign, but we had to stop that one, unfortunately. So I, I want to push this one farther. Um, my race is also homebrew. It is a skeleton. I am playing a, <laughs> unde- a re- revived skeleton that really doesn't know why it's alive anymore. And I have told Ben that I have, like, all of my abilities, all of my spells for being a bard are basically designed to survive. They're not designed for combat at all. It's all social encounters. Yeah. Because 
Ben has told me if somebody sees you as a skeleton, they will attack you. I went, great. So invisibility <laughs> and disguise self just constantly. <laughs> and, uh, ben and I are working on the backstory. So uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Did you just cast invisibility? I did. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was so bad. I had to. No, that was perfect. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> and off. Um, but I have a bunch of spells that are basically just social encounter and keeping me alive kind of spells so that I can survive. And my character's end... I've showed Ben my character's end goal. And we're going to be working with each other to figure out what my character actually knows and doesn't know for the fact that I have been revived from the dead and don't really have, like, we don't know necessarily where I died, where, like, precisely I died or why. Uh, we've talked about a handful of things, but I don't, those I will, I'll keep, I'll keep hidden for now. Yeah, but let's just say I'm that excited. Patrick comes from a land that was destroyed many, many years ago um, by some unknown uh, magical catastrophe that people all around the world seem to not really understand how or why it happened. Um, only the people that lived there would have known what happened, and they're all dead, so... <laughs> um, Jess, do you wanna do you wanna give a little uh, a little exclusive? I mean, I'm obsessed with my character, so I <laughs> I know <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so picture like personality-wise, right? A cross between like Leonardo da Vinci, Hermione Granger, and the old guy from Back to the Future. But in the size of an 11-inch tall um, pixie, um, and her name is Rue, <laughs> and she is an artifice, ar artificer, or artificer? Which one is it? Ar artifice, artificer, artificer, however yeah. you want to call it, say it. I've seen both, um, and... Basically, um, she is from a little pixie village where um, often they are kidnapped by wizards who would like to ground their wings into pixie dust and use them for experiments. Um, Rue obviously thinks this is deplorable. However, is kind of like, well, what are they using our pixie dust for? And why can't we do the same thing? Like, it's our pixie dust. Why can't we make cool stuff? So she ends up leaving and uses her invisibility to become invisible for years and study at this wizard college. What is it called in your world, Ben? Uh, the uh, Tanwa School of Magic. Yeah, the Tanwa School of Magic. So she studies there like invisible, like just going through the books and the libraries and She's just obsessed with inventing. She's obsessed with time and space because yep. in the Feywild, time and space work a little bit differently. 
and she needs to understand this. So her ultimate goal is to build a time machine. Ben, I am so sorry. <laughs> I have uh, just this week watched about like seven different videos on how time and space works in the D&D world. And it's fair to say that my mind is uh, a little broken. <laughs> just a, a wee bit... Uh, yeah incapacitated for for the rest of the week so even planning her character is like got my mind broken because brain is insane i'm thinking i'm gonna go the battlesmith route and um she's going to have like a giant steampunk companion and i'll leave i'll leave that to be a surprise that that part will be yeah yeah yeah. a surprise yeah, because we, we talked a little bit about what, what the subclass would be. Yeah. I, I'm still going back and forth, but the Battlesmith, yeah. you get to have a robotic animal. And I think I think that's where I'm going. She's very steampunk, and I'm looking for it. Yes. And, and this world uh, that I've created is basically... Um, it's very mixed in terms of... Uh, how evolved certain places are. So there are some areas that might seem more modern than others, and there are some that are very archaic. Um, it's very mixed across uh, all areas. And the certain area that my lovely, lovely players are playing in, uh, there are massive cities along with just ancient runes uh, everywhere. So I am super, super excited for them to play. Um, and uh, good luck to Patrick. You know, <laughs> I've I've told Ben I wanted to try this, and he said go for it. But I'm not going to pull my punches. I went okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, be careful with mine too. You're you're all in a much better position than somebody that could be attacked on site. You know. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, because we also homebrewed this pixie, and we did it from a bunch of different homebrews. Yes. Um, because I've already written, like, five pages of pixie <laughs> that I haven't subjected Ben to yet. Um, Yo, send it my way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, in my mind, I'm like, she's 11 inches tall. She can't have a lot of health points. So the right. way I did it was I, you know, did the normal standard array average way. And I said, I'll also roll. And if the roll is lower, <laughs> then I'll go with the roll. But I won't if it's higher. And it's literally 19. So she has, she's level five with 19 hit points. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. But it'll be hard. <laughs> it'll be hard to hit you because you're oh, very it's, tiny. She's going to be super hard to hit. Yeah, so it's, hopefully. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so, like, hearing Ben talk about it, it's going to be so good. There's definitely monsters in, like, the first session that you'll encounter that could probably instantly kill you, just so you know. Yeah. No, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware, and 19. I'm excited for the oh, challenge. Man. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm no super risk. ready. We are getting ever so closer to... Uh, the end of our current campaign and then we'll be doing a couple of one shots in between and we'll be doing my campaign which i am just like so ready for i've been so ready for a little bit now and i'm just like i want to get i want to get onto it for sure uh, i think 
DMing is going to be extremely fun. Um, like I said, first character ever chaotic evil. You're going to get a chaotic evil DM, so, you know, just be prepared. <laughs> I mean, do I want any other kinds? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you got you got you got to have things that throw you for a loop in life, you know? I expect that you're going to flounder ever so slightly when we become the more chaotic group. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so it's... excited to see what everybody else is doing because we have such a, a hodgepodge of amazing, beautiful, and hilarious people going into yeah. this with like such incredibly creative minds. So I feel like everybody is going to come up with something really and wild. My... Mind the viewers, uh, these are just three of the eight people that are going to be in in this uh, campaign. So I definitely have my work cut out for me. Yes, uh, three to sure. eight, because Ben is insane. <laughs> Wait, in addition to you? Uh, well, are, you are you eight? Uh, no, I'm, I would be nine. So there's eight, eight players. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I guess there are. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I, yeah, I am so excited too, and like, <laughs> I have also managed to add so many NPCs into this campaign that um, I've basically given everyone the ability to kind of persuade them into joining the group. Um, I've all made them <laughs> very lovable, very amazing characters, and the minute they join your party, they are just going to die. They are going to suffer horrible deaths, and it's going to be so sad for me to kill my own creations. But I'm very excited. Uh, I think you guys are going to like it for sure. Chaotic Evo, there you have it. <laughs> He's going to try to make us cry. <laughs> yeah, Wait, why was that no, like killing cute things on that consent form? What if, what if <laughs> I decide to killing cute creatures? Then I no, can't I kill. Don't. I, don't. I can't kill Ru. Then there were. That's true. Ru is gonna be very, very cute. She's going to be very cute, and I really hope. So we have this character in um, our campaign now, Malamir. Well, an infamous character. Oh, boy. he's one of those, oh, you know, rogue. <laughs> I don't trust anybody. I'm all on my own. I just want shiny stuff and I'm always gonna look out for myself kind of characters. And it's played excellently, like it's entertaining, it's amazing. And I really oh, hope there's one of those in this campaign <laughs> because Rue's just gonna get like super excited and like love this person and Rue gets excited about everything. <laughs> so she's just going to annoy the fuck out of whatever person wants to talk to her the least. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause she doesn't understand if people don't like her. Like that's not a concept that she <laughs> Right, right. She just so, she likes everybody. Like it would take a lot. It seems like Patrick, you're gonna have even more work cut out for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll, to this. you'll have a, a pixie just around you all the time. The, and I, I told Patrick this before, but the, you know, the first session, uh, how I'm going to introduce the characters is they're coming off of a boat and they're basically going to have to fill out uh, these ID cards that are basically passports. So, you know, I don't know how, I, I mean, we've talked about it. I think you'll manage. 
but I should be fine. Um, we'll go as it gets closer. We'll go over more details about my situation with yeah. everything I've got. <laughs> That's yeah, because you're be not going to want to reveal exactly how much of yourself you don't know. So are you just going to kind of make shit up? Uh, I will leave that to session one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I will give this a little sneak peek. I won't say who it is, but there is another person in this campaign who is going to run into the exact same problems as you, Patrick. So is it won't be alone. Is about uh yes okay i I can't wait (laughs) (laughs) yeah super excited super excited dnd is great and i think that everyone should play it everyone should at least give it a shot i agree i I had no idea i knew i was gonna love it i don't even know why because i didn't even really know what it was i found out about dnd okay when i was a kid right um my grandmother's house was absolutely a hundred percent haunted and (laughs) for for some reason the kids room was in the room that had the steps to the attic in it and it was me and my brother and my brother was really little and scared of everything and i wasn't scared of anything and i wasn't allowed in the attic which of course made me want to go in the attic even more um of course (laughs) Yeah, so one day I kind of figure, I'm like six, I figure out that there's a key in the drawer, like next to where the door is. So I'm not allowed to go in the attic, but that doesn't stop me from going up the stairs. So every night I like unlock the door and I like creep up one stair, right? And then the next night I'll creep up like three stairs. And then eventually, one night that I stayed there, I got up all of them and I was like, fuck it. And I just explored the attic and it was like the most magical haunted attic with like the, the uh, triangle ceiling and like the little small window and the old treasure chest. At least that's how I remember it. And in one of the chests was my dad's old D&D stuff. It was all these like little lead figurines and um, these index cards with pencil on them that you can barely read. I think one was a dwarf and then this old like 80s, really 80s gaudy colors like pamphlet. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, what is this? And um, I convinced my grandmother to take me up with her the next day and accidentally found it again, quotation marks, you know what I mean? Uh, she still doesn't right. know I used to go up there. Maybe I should tell her. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're outing yourself right now. Maybe I'm outing myself. I'm sorry, Nona. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and yeah, every ever since then, I wanted to play D&D. Damn. Here yeah. you are, so many odd years later. Mm-hmm. Playing D&D. You must be, and it's your child so itself fun. is probably proud of you. I know. <laughs> talk about inner child healing. Like, <laughs> this is Absolutely. a full circle fulfillment. I think, I don't know, I think more adults need to just let go and play fucking pretend. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, I think this is actually coming up on a good place to stop. So, um, does anyone have any final thoughts to say to the audience? Listen to the fucking podcast. 
Yeah, um, Ben's been planning this shit, and it is so fucking good. Yeah, I'm very oh excited. Yeah. yeah. You said listen to the podcast, Jess, and I'm like, they're clearly listening to it if they hear you say that. <laughs> completely forgot that he's doing a D&D podcast. That is my fault. Yeah. Well, I suppose I could have been more precise. Um, listen to the fucking D&D podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I will... I will be so happy if people enjoy it and listen. So definitely do check it out when it comes out. It should be coming out in uh, late May, I want to say. That that's that should be a good time frame. Um, so yeah, keep your, your eyes and ears open. Thank you all for being wonderful guests, and uh, we'll see you at the roundtable. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye.